0: Love, talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to uh, the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, hopefully you have enjoyed the beautiful weather we've had uh, in the Indianapolis and Bloomington areas over the past uh, week or so. Uh, we're here wrapping up the spring game. Uh, some other news and notes we need to uh, get to as well. Uh, we'll be joined by uh, co-host TJ Inman. TJ, how are you? I am doing very well, Sammy. Thank you. Uh, very excited to be on talking football. Yeah, anytime uh, we could talk football, it, it's it's okay in my book. Uh, TJ, I want to start off uh, w- with one note. Um, it, it came out yesterday. Jacob Robinson uh, w- was cited for a, a drinking issue at Little Five. Uh, it's it's not a big deal. Um, he. Uh, is doing road crew and and that'll be taken care of uh, internally uh, probably by the football team. Uh, But I just wanted to to mention it. I know, uh, you know, we didn't think it was a a big deal or uh, much news on that, but uh, TJ, uh, what did you think uh, about IU's uh, spring game last Friday? Um, Number one, I, from uh, everyone
1: that was able to attend uh, it sounded like it was a well structured event and a well put on event um by i u football and by the athletic department um you know it it is an event I think that that's something that needs to be stressed uh It is not meant to be taken as a you know a serious uh scrimmage or even a serious exhibition uh, it is an event. Designed for fans, and I thought that uh, I thought that they did a nice job of putting that together. Uh, attendance, I think, was you know generally pretty positive. Uh, it's certainly not you know the level that we saw at some other spring games where it, you know you had over a hundred thousand people showing up, which is just utterly insane and um, kind of shows the kind of different game that those select few schools are playing than, than the rest of the country. But uh, I think from a purely on-field standpoint, getting past the logistical stuff of it, um, I do think that there were some positives and, and some things that, you know, are still going to be concerning. I think one of the positives uh, for me was the activity level of the defense. Um, you know, Tackling was not something that was kind of a priority in this game. You don't want to get players hurt, so you're not going to go all out on uh, some hits. Um, you're not looking to crush any receivers, so they come over the middle of the field. You're not looking to, you know, to lay out the quarterback and hit him as hard as you possibly could uh, when you get to him. But there, there were some, there was some hitting. Uh, That was done, but I I think what impressed me the most about the defense was just the energy level and the activity level that they had. Uh, It seemed like a step above what we saw last season uh, or what we've seen really at any point uh, here in the recent past. I, I think that some individual players did stand out for me on defense, and we'll talk about that, but the overall, uh, energy level I think this is what impressed me the most with the defense offensively um, I think the play of the receivers was impressive as I think it's expected uh, I think that this group is perhaps the best in the Big Ten, there's a couple others that you could argue up there with them but I think it's indisputable that they are one of the top two or three uh, wide receiver units in the Big Ten
0: Um, Yeah, well, according according
1: to some people, they're they're not. Well, yeah. Yeah, there there are those Um, that uh, – yeah, for those that don't know, ESPN uh, had a blog that was just not even close to accurate, in my opinion, that did not include the Indiana wide receiver core among the best in the Big Ten. So,
0: yeah. It had him as a, a, a distant fourth. Um, And then they came out and said that Xander Diamant is the favorite uh, to take over the quarterback job from Nate Sudfeld, um, which is something I want to get into as well, TJ. But my my thoughts on on the spring game as an event, I thought it was well done. Um, I think they want to try and do it on Little Five weekend, and there are obviously some obstacles you have to get over um, they've lucked out with the weather. Um, and it seems every year it's flip-flopping with the weather. It could be nice one year, awful the next year. Um, but I think the later you have it in April, the better chance you have it better weather. Uh, but we all know the saying, if you don't like the weather in Indiana, just wait 15 minutes and it'll change. Um, sure, you know, some people were concerned they didn't come down because of the traffic. I, I th- Even if they had it on Saturday or even Sunday, I mean, I went down traffic – with the construction on 37 it is brutal. If there's any kind of events um, in Bloomington now, they had baseball down there this weekend as well. Of course, uh, the races for little 500. Um, so traffic, I, I don't think there was a way around it. I, I mean, if you expect a big crowd for a spring football game, we're going to have traffic coming down from Indy mm-hmm. anyway. Um, you know, so I, I it, it it's just you're stuck between a rock and a hard place traffic is something that until until that uh I69 is is finished you're just going to have to deal with and and I have to deal with it every time I go down to Bloomington um and it's it's not fun but it it'll be nice when it's finished uh the the spring game to me I thought it was a great event they had a, a youth football uh clinic beforehand uh, kids looked like they had a lot of fun I talked to some people um, at, you know, during the, before during the game about it, they loved it. Um, I, I thought it had a little bit about uh, a little bit uh, for everybody. It had you know scrimmage about seventy eighty plays for those you know diehard fans who want to see a uh, practice and, and want to see what the team looks like. Uh, they had some gimmicky um, gimmicky things. Uh, to involve students in in running deep passes, uh, they did a punt rush with students, um, you know, field goal contests, stuff like that. That gives the the not so serious fan um, who likes uh, to see the you know see them have fun. And it's great to see see Coach Wilson, you know, emceeing the event, and, and you see a, a different side of him that that most people don't get to see, and and, yeah. and that's good. And 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 I think that helps. Uh, build relationships, but let's let's get down to the quarterback battle. Uh, TJ, I thought that uh, coming out of the game, uh, Richard uh, Lego was was the guy. Um, he's you know from when we when uh, Nick and I saw him on on practice number two to where he was on practice fifteen, uh, it was uh, night and day uh, in terms of how comfortable he was in the offense. Uh, he has all the physical tools. He's a big guy. I think he's 6'6", six, 6'5", mm-hmm. six, somewhere around there. He has a strong arm. That first throw to Simi Cobbs, um, 46 yards, that was beautiful. He likes to stretch the field. I think he gives you more dimensions than than Danny Cameron, who who also has, has been, had a great spring, uh, is very improved. But I, I think um, even though it's unofficial, I think you're going to see uh, Lego uh, go with the first team, uh, Danny Cameron uh, will be the backup uh, in case of injury. And I know we, uh, we've we all had discussions of the site as, you know, do they play two quarterbacks? Uh, do they, you know, bring a wildcat in? And, you know, we saw Donovan Hale run a little bit. Uh, Coach Wilson mm-hmm. mentioned Xander Diamant. He brought his name back out of the uh, obscurity uh, there at the end of his press conference that spring. So, you know, as as much as you know, Xander has been a help to this team uh, in terms of stepping in in 2014. Uh, the plays he made against Ohio State last year um, and some against Penn State, I, I think missing spring for him and and not being able to uh, put on the weight he needed uh, the last couple years has hurt him. So uh, we'll see. They might use him in special packages, uh, but but what's your take on the uh, on the quarterback race? I was extremely encouraged by the progression
1: of Lego. Um, I it's very apparent just from, and we we do not get to see every snap that these guys take during practice. Um, we don't get to see their work in the film room. We don't get to see uh, kind of how they interact with their teammates in the locker room or just in you know daily situations where they're just hanging out, which are important factors for a quarterback. Um You know the leadership of the team overall that's an important factor, but just in terms of their physical play on the field, the difference between Richard Lego and the rest of the quarterbacks was uh, was stark um, it's apparent to me that the physical tools of Richard Lego would make him qb one for the season opener uh and I, I would think that barring, you know, setbacks during the fall or summer, that's going to be what ends up being the case. Uh, As he, like you said, the progression from the beginning of practice in the spring to now, which, you know, you would expect. I mean, he's a guy that uh, is getting familiar with the offensive system, which is not an incredibly simple one to grasp. Uh, It's certainly not the most complex offensive system, but it's not. You know, it's not as simple as some others, and it's the first time that he's that he's running that offense. You'd expect that progression, and we saw it. Uh, So I think that that's encouraging. If you project out, which is what we have to do at this point, you know, we're not going to see him again until uh, until fall camp opens up. So uh, as we project out, if that progression continues, then I think uh, we should all be pretty excited about the quarterback play we could have. Uh, Again, I'm not suggesting that he can replace Nate Sudfeld as a, you know, career player at Indiana. Um, But I do think it is realistic to say that Rich Lego is capable of having the same kind of season that Nate Sudfeld had last year. If you look at the weapons that are going to be surrounding him on offense, you look at the offensive line being strong again, and you look at the coaching staff that's still in place, uh, everything is there for Richard Lego to have a very similar season to what Nate Sudfeld had in 2015, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: and, and he's not going to put up the career numbers just because he doesn't have as many years right. as Nate Sudfeld. But uh, you're, you're, you're right. We won't get to see anything until um, probably the beginning of August. Um, media days are, are July 25th or 26th, and they usually start camp uh, about a week after that. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Hopefully we get to see, um, you know, how much he's grown over the summer. And this is where these player workouts come um, uh, become very important. Uh, as you said, the offense is, is, is not super complex, but it is predicated on timing. And it is, you know, there are a lot of moving parts and coming in from, a junior college or a system outside of of Indiana and, and only having, I think he had two or uh, two or three bowl practices as well, but only having about 15 to 17 practices to get used to this offense. This is this, the summer workouts with his wide receivers getting on the same page, knowing the playbook um, Mm -hmm. is going to help tremendously. And um, I'd be shocked if he's not the quarterback um, on when they open up on September 1st, uh, if he's not the quarterback, I, something, something's wrong, something disastrous happened. Um, and, and we'll see, or, you know, Danny Cameron, you know, some, a miracle happened and he became uh, a be- better than, than uh, what they have. So uh, transitioning to defense, TJ, um, you, you said you like the energy. Uh, it, it's, been there all spring and, and that's what impressed me the most about uh Tom Allen and his staff. There was there was no real lulls in the energy in practice. There was I think one practice that, that we saw where you know it was coming off a of spring break and it you know, the the energy really it wasn't down but it wasn't as high as, as we had seen. But then we came back for another practice and, and you know, you see in the spring game and the energy's there uh, they forced, uh, I believe, three takeaways. Uh, you saw, uh, I think it was Dawson Fletcher had a pick, uh, Joe Belden, the mm-hmm. freshman, pick up a fumble on a on a bad snap, uh, fumble uh, snap exchange uh, with Danny Cameron, a quarterback, and you saw Marcus Oliver do what Marcus Oliver does best, and that's rip the ball out of a, a runner's hands. Um, mm-hmm. and, and one of the quotes that Wilson said after the game that impressed me most and, and I think should encourage fans is he said Tom Allen's not happy. He wanted five takeaways, and we only got three, so he wanted two more. And to me, that's that's awesome. That means there are expectations for this defense, and that's something that when they let go of Noor and when they were talking about staff changes, you know, it was an attitude and expectations issue on the side of the defense. Now you have Tom Allen and Mark Hagan and the rest of the defense staff. They're expecting – they're expecting them to play play well which is something that you know indiana fans have not expected this defense to play well in in many many years so it's good to have the coaches say hey these are our expectations regardless you know we want five takeaways we want this we're not setting the bar low so that's what stood out to me um in terms of energy, it was good to see the, the second uh, unit defensive line get some pressure. Uh, they recorded a you know a few sacks, uh, but they're they're going to have to to use some stunts and some twists up front on the line to to get pressure. They don't have uh, that one guy who's going to go out and be you know basically instant quarterback pressure. So, um, what other takeaways do you have from uh, from the defense, CJ?
1: I think the quarterback pressure is one that is going to be an ongoing concern. Uh it I mean, the spring game didn't, you know, show us oh, that's a that's an area of concern we didn't expect. I mean that that was something that we knew going into it and nothing that could have occurred during the spring game was going to change uh change that
0: being an issue moving forward. Uh, no, you know, I, and I do think Go ahead. And and TJ, to go on to your point, pass rush is one of the hardest things in a spring game to judge because, like you said before, you don't want to light up the quarterback um, and and stuff like that. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, I do think that there are some
1: uh, intriguing options to generate more pass rush. I think it is possible to generate more pass rush in the interior of the defensive line that we've seen in the past. I think that, uh, like you said, using stunts up front is something that could have that happen. I think Nate Hoff is a guy that uh, we've heard from the coaches. Uh, They've said in their pressers and uh, interviews, and then his spring game play backs it up that he, he looks more like the uh, player we saw in 2014 than the player we saw in 2015, which, um, would be a, a big boost for the Indiana defensive front. And I, I, you know, I think that that would also help Ralph Green have a, a good season as well. Um, those two up, up the middle could generate some pass rush. Uh, Jacob Robinson, I think, and, and Joe Belden are both players that could, I think that, uh, Alan Stallings, when he arrives on campus is a guy that they're going to expect to do some of that. Um, Maybe even Brandon Wilson is another guy, um, but I do think that, that is going to be an area of ongoing concern. Uh, one thing that I was impressed with i don 't know if impressed" is the right word, but i'm I just feel pretty comfortable with the secondary as a whole. Uh, I yes. like how the secondary is responding to this new system. I think that they are going to, I just, I get the feeling that they're going to make more plays than they did in 2015. I, I, I still have a feeling that um, Indiana is going to give up more big plays than you'd like. Uh, and I think that that's something that is going to take some time overall to correct. But I do think that there are going to be more plays made, whether that's passes broken up, um, you know, deflections that are turned into interceptions as opposed to incomplete passes. Uh, I, I I think that there's going to be more big plays created by the secondary than we've seen in the past and that's thanks to guys, you know, the continued development of Crawford. Um, I think that Ben Mock is in a good spot. I think Tyler Green developing is going to be a big part of that. And the, the pairing of, of Green and Sant, if Green can continue to progress before we get to the season. I think that that pairing at cornerback uh, could be, you know, a, a very solid pairing for Indiana. And then I just think there's a lot of depth in that secondary group. And we saw it. We saw a new, uh, number of guys, Will Dawkins being one of them, uh, that have, it seems like they've gotten better or they're just more comfortable in the system. It's probably both, really. Uh, so I, I think that the play of the secondary overall and then the linebacking, um, you know, Marcus Oliver, Gray Scales, uh, TJ Simmons. I mean, that's a trio that will rotate along with some other guys. But uh, those three are the definites that you just feel really, really
0: safe having them as the linebackers. Yeah, and, and to go back to your uh, view on the secondary, TJ, I was sitting with, with some fans who, um, you know, I've become friendly with uh, through, through – uh, through the site, uh, and they point. They they their first comments to me was, "Does this defense just look better um, in terms of body type and athleticism?" And yeah. you know, they pointed more out Lake, Tyler right? Green is one. I mean, yeah, more length. I think is a I big mean, one. Yeah, and they pointed out Tyler Green as like, "Who's that guy?" Tyler Green played a lot of football last year. And mm-hmm. you know, for people to not to notice, there's been a lot of change. And he's, you know, and you know, hopefully these guys stay healthy. And that was, I think, one of the the bugaboos on defense last year, is that I, you know, in in game two they started like four freshmen in the secondary, but now yeah. you have these freshmen are now sophomores, their bodies are bigger, um, you know, you're bringing a, a juco guy like Jamie Thompson to play, uh. You have, you know, depth in Chase Dutra when he comes back. Um, Wesley Green had, a, you know, a, a near um, interception that, that could have been a pick six. That was a tough play. I think the ball was a little underthrown, but, you know, he's shown he can make, you know, a break on the ball. Tyler Green looks good. And, and what stood out to me on defense was I didn't really see any really bad missed tackles. Um, mm-hmm. There weren't, you know, uh, of course there there were some plays where the running back jukes and you know somebody misses a tackle and that happens, but there wasn't, you know, one where it's like an Ezekiel Elliott run where he ran up the middle and guys are just diving all over the place. But you know that to me was, you know, was encouraging and and that's something we saw in practice was every time we were there and every day according to Allen was. We will do something every day to improve our tackling to become the best ta- tackling team in America, and I think just the attitude with this coaching staff has changed that. And and you saw it in the spring game. Now I know, you know it, it's it's tough to judge a little bit, and and you won't get a good judge on it until till game one. But to me, there there weren't you know plays where you go, uh oh, we can't tackle. Um, and, and and that was that was to me was was something that you know I, I left the game I go. The tackling was pretty good. Um mm-hmm. and, and 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 that's how I felt. Yeah, I
1: one thing I do want to um bring up uh on the offensive side of the ball beyond just the quarterback play and the wide receivers uh is the running game. You know, on Patrick uh did have knee surgery. Um we have a timeline for him that is going to put him back in action, you know, if things go according to plan and with, with recovery from knee surgery, uh, you can never be sure at all, but he would be, they're hoping back in action sometime around the beginning to middle of September. Um, So that, that was encouraging Uh, news. I I, I know that it it could have been
0: right. Yeah, he said five to six months. I If if I was taking a guess, it would probably be the end of September, maybe early October, uh, just right around yeah. when Big Ten season starts. Right. Yeah, right. I think
1: you're shooting for that That Big Ten opener would be – I'm sure that Kameon is, you know, in his head, is shooting for the season opener, and that'd be awesome if that occurred. Um, you know, some guys do heal quicker than others. You can never really know until – so you're getting in there, and I'm sure that the IU coaches and training staff is not going to rush him back before he's ready. But uh, so we can we can expect to have K.M. Patrick in the backfield at some point. I think that it, that is a uh, a difference maker for this Indiana offense. But in his absence, we have to talk about what the running back situation is going to be like. And I I think that uh, you feel good about Divine Redding. The spring game, you know he didn't see a ton of action he doesn't need to you know what you have there um, just very solid and uh, I think even better than he's given credit for uh, when people are talking about the better backs in the big Ten he'll not going to be brought up by anybody outside of people that watch Indiana and appreciate what he can do. Um, I think beyond that you you like what you saw from Mike Majet. Um, I think it's, you know, very clear that Mike Majet is the player that we saw for those you know, when he first burst onto the scene and he's not the guy that was injured and, and a non factor in the final part of the season. I think you also like what you have in Devontae Williams. I think that was a very good move for him. Anthony and a football team to switch him from the secondary, where I think he could have been a, a good contributor, but I think he's gonna be more valuable to this team as a running back with the ball in his hands. Running back slash kind of slot guy with the ball in his hands. Um so you like what you yep. saw from those two as change of pace backs. I think that they could both be uh I think that once Camion and we'll be optimistic and say once Camion is healthy and uh, ready to go, I, you've got to feel really good about the core of running backs, and that doesn't even include what you know what's going to get there on campus uh, as a true freshman. You know the trio of guys that could contribute there as freshmen, and Ennis, Napi, and um, and Cole Guest, but you know Ricky Brookins and Alex Rodriguez, also guys. Rodriguez, uh, kind of the power back. Look, we saw from him, and then uh, Ricky Brookins played a little bit of slot, a little bit of running back. They moved him around some, and uh, I think they're still looking for you know how to deploy him. But I, I think that everybody that that got the ball um, in the spring game showed that they're capable of contributing come the fall, and I that's a position that you you feel really good about. I think the only thing that position that I'd have you know, kind of mild concerns just based off of health and depth, just the tight end spot. Uh, you know, we saw not much from the tight ends during the scrimmage just because, for the most part, there's not really any depth there right now. So, you know, we hope that uh, hope that, that position group can get healthy and that the guys that are uh, showing up on campus, especially Ian Thomas, um in this upcoming recruiting class that they can step in and, and be good depth pieces because that's, that's the one area of the offense where it doesn't look like they have
0: a lot of proven depth right now. Yeah, and and to go back to, to your running back thing, the depth that they have and the guys that they trust uh, will allow them not to just throw Camion back into the fire. They could ease his way back in. Uh, maybe give them ten, you know, start ten carries, fifteen carries, then get up to to twenty, and 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 really start breaking them in. Um, I, I really like how they're starting to use guys at multiple positions. Um, and the goal is is they're you're going to see a different speed on offense. You're going to see now that they don't have to substitute, which means the defense can't substitute, and mm-hmm. this offense should be getting going really quickly. Um, as far as the tight ends, I, I do like the group. Uh, you know, they took a hit with Austin Doris going down with an arm injury uh, or elbow injury, uh, arm injury. We'll call it an arm injury. Um, and that really hurt depth. But Danny Friend is a quality tight end. Um, you know, yeah. they really missed him last year. Uh, and, and Jordan Fuchs is, is coming back from uh, from injury issues as well, who's, you know, he could be moved around as well and and he's a guy that that should give defenses headaches as well. Um, you know Ryan Watercutter is impressed this spring. uh He brings a linebacker mentality to tight end and gives them a little depth and he's he's made some impressive catches uh in the scrimmages uh he had i, I believe he had a, a long catch in the spring game as well uh so it'd be yeah. nice to see him in there uh, in an emergency situation. Or when you want to go uh, a big set, you can always put Brandon Knight back at tight end. Um, and, and, you know, before we wrap up, TJ, that that was one of the things I'd, I'd like to see was these young guys on the offensive line got to play together. Um, with Dan Feeney uh, being out and Jacob Bailey being held out, uh, you saw these young guys, Hunter Littlejohn, uh, Simon Stepaniak, uh, Brandon Knight and, and you saw the all these young guys step up and play and you know as deep as they are at running back and deep as they are as receiver this offensive line might be the deepest position they have um, I know that you'd lose Jason Spragues but you've got to be confident uh, in this offensive line going into next year oh yeah yeah it's a it's a, a group that
1: I think that we do a a nice job of emphasizing how important we think the offensive line play is. And the the coaches clearly feel the same way. Uh, They emphasize it in recruiting. They emphasize it in development. Greg Fry is as good as it gets as an offensive line coach. And uh, it's, it's a really, really good group. Obviously you don't want to see injuries, but if they do have a couple, uh, you're not going to panic about having to slide in the guys that are behind, behind the first teamers. Um, I don't, I don't really have any concerns about the offensive line unless you get you know serious injury attrition,
0: uh,
1: which you know we're not going to project that because who wants to project that
0: kind of thing? That's no fun. Nope. Uh, well, TJ, we are out of time. Uh, thanks for uh, hopping on with me today. Uh, always good to talk uh, uh, spring football. We should have our hundred uh, day countdown uh, starting here in about a month. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll do like last year and have all the players uh, profiled. Uh, so we'll go through the roster that way. Uh, we'll also have our throwback uh, series, uh, you know, looking back at games from last year. And we'll have our preview series, um, you know, our early preview series going over the teams that IU will be facing uh, this year. Well, thank you, TJ. Enjoy the, the rest of your afternoon. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Have a good week, everybody. Well, that does it for the Hoosier Huddle uh, Spring Wrap-Up Podcast. Uh, We will be uh, coming back at you soon, hopefully uh, sometime over the summer, to talk uh, summer updates. Uh, Be sure to uh, come back to HoosierHuddle.com often. Follow us at Hoosier underscore uh, Huddle on Twitter. Uh, We are on Facebook as well. Um, If you are buying books, or anything for your summer barbecues or summer classes, uh, do use the link to Amazon on our site. If you go on the desktop, uh, it will be on the right side uh, right side there. Uh, if you are using a mobile device, I believe it is at the bottom of the page. Uh, it helps support uh, what we do. Uh, every every little bit helps. But uh, thank you guys for, for sticking with us through the spring. Uh, summer is fast approaching, and fall camp, Uh, We'll be here before you know it. So uh, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and we'll talk soon. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at
0: meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: As you write your life story, you're far from finished. edu podcast. some people just know bundling with allstate means big savings just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor they know honey on pizza is where it's at and olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top and they know when you bundle home and auto with allstate you can save up to 25 percent mm.